ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jack. I don't care if I never get back. Let me root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old ball game. Welcome to Slow Pitch, a podcast that takes sports movies too seriously, or perhaps not seriously enough. We're your hosts. I dig a pygmy. I'm Sean Williams. <laughs> and Brad Otherly, two guys who consider watching sports movies a type of aerobic exercise. Today's episode is a mini episode, and it is a review of the 2021 classic. What is it called? The Beatles Get Back Sessions? <laughs> it's just called Get Back. Get Back. I'll yeah. tell you what. I know why they called it Get Back and not Let It Be, though. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that song enough? Woo. <laughs> okay, let me okay, let me set the stage a little bit. So, uh, as we're recording this, it's November 29th, 2021. We just got off of Thanksgiving weekend. This documentary, which was much much anticipated, first it was going to be a feature-length film to be released in theaters, and then Peter Jackson said, "No, I hate editing things down." Um, so <laughs> it's going to be 8 hours of that are going to span across three uh, episodes. And, and I, I, going into the weekend, I knew like I was going to be at my in-laws and I was like, okay, this is going to be a tough sell to get everybody to uh, just sit through eight hours of this. And I told my, I told my wife, I said, let me kind of take in the first 45 minutes and I will kind of tell you whether or not I think the rest of the family can stomach it because <laughs> I do not think it is for casual Beatle fans. I think it's for like people who are super into it because it is hours and hours and hours of just band minutia and talking. And, you know, like for those of us who have grown up with the quote unquote characters, you know, you can, you know who George Martin is, you know who Mal Evans mm-hmm. is. It's, it's fascinating. It's like you're going back in time. You're hearing them ha- having band meetings and stuff like that. And so it's just, it's super fascinating. I had only ever seen like little, I'd, I'd never seen the Let It Be documentary that. Oh, really? That was released in 1970. It was just, it was hard to get your hands on. Mm-hmm. Partially because it's, you know, it had kind of a depressing tone to it. But I, I had seen clips of it, you know, that show up in the anthology. Uh, you know, you can find parts of it online. I think I had watched the entire rooftop performance before. But even that, what's his name? Michael Lindsay Hogg had edited it down to about 22 minutes, I think. So the full concert with five versions of Get Back (laughs) was, I think, about 40-something minutes total. So, yeah, even that full um, concert was not – it was edited down by by Michael Lindsay Hogg, the the director of Let It Be. And, you know, the thing that was – the most interesting and probably the most fascinating is kind of like they were the most important band ever, but they were also just a band like everybody else. And like Mm -hmm. that, that, okay, we're going to, we're going to go through get back again (laughs) for the 8 billionth time. Mm -hmm. That's, that's what it is. It's what you do when you're recording an album. Cause they also like, they walked in on day one with no material and Paul seen, he, just sort of plucks get back from thin air, just kind of messing around on his base. Yeah. Um, and then a few 
I don't know. They kind of jump ahead a little bit, but you know, a little bit later, he's kind of got a song. Yeah. And I'll say this too. So for, for our fans in Frankfurt, Germany, who, who don't know us, I'm assuming they don't know us. Sean is a huge Beatles fan. I'm, I'm also a big Beatles fan, but not on the same level as, as Sean. And so while I've seen all the, the documentaries, the anthology, all the movies and, you know, have all the recordings, um, both of us are very interested in the Beatles, but Sean is above and beyond. And, and as well as some of my other, our other friends who will probably be future guests, but, <laughs> but also Sean is in a band. We have never talked about this, but he's in a band called the nobility out of Nashville. And they've been in together for about 21 years. So um, I imagine that you watching this is even different than me watching it as just uh, someone who can't carry a, a tune and a tin can. So, but yeah, that's one thing I kept thinking about is how someone who's actually in a band and has those meetings and has those discussions and tries to tinker with the songs to get them just right, how that person, namely you, would, would be viewing this as well. Well, it, you know, it's kind of the thing that was kind of fascinating to me, because I'll say this, when our band, the nobility, when we record, uh, there's, there's no stakes. Like it's just, you know, we're, we're making music and there's a few people who like it, but you know, if it's horrible, you know, nothing happens. The Beatles, when they get together, the stakes are like really, really high because there's a lot of people whose jobs probably depend on the Beatles being successful. And yet the amount of goofing off that takes place <laughs> Which I love. I mean, I'm like, that's that's great. I love to see that they're goofing off because it's like, hey, we we have three weeks before we have to like appear on national TV with 14 new songs. Hey, let's play some more Chuck Berry songs for the next hour. Holy cow! Yeah, the amount <laughs> of songs. Like, I was wondering if when you guys are tinkering around, if y'all play old songs from your catalog you know because they seem to be playing every song that they ever <laughs> at some point they would you know just kind of fill around on their guitar and they'd start playing please please me or something you know yeah i well you know and like those guys had a lot of muscle memory built up from playing in hamburg germany mm -hmm. and like you know they had to play eight hours a day when they were performing in hamburg and so i don't you know they didn't have enough original material so yeah they were playing long tall sally and stuff like that and so yeah this is kind of like was all sort of built into their memory and and it's what they knew but yeah it's uh there's definitely a lot of horseplay um <laughs> when when you're in a, a studio and that goes for an unimportant band uh all the way up to the freaking beatles apparently yeah the the other thing that i kept thinking in my head this whole time is they were roughly 28 when they were making this George, yeah, George was like 24 or something like that. <laughs> he was 16 when they started. <laughs> well, well, I mean, he was like 20 yeah. on, the Ed, on the Ed Sullivan show. And, um, it, and it kind of, cause like you watch it and you're like, man, they're really horrible at communicating with each other. And they're, you know, you can kind of see them being passive aggressive and, and stuff like that. And then you're like, Oh yeah, I, I was pretty immature when I was 27 and 28, yeah. at least compared to now. So yeah, it doesn't, 
and and you know they're they're immature people who have also been told how great they are their entire adult lives. Yeah. Like, you know, like no one's ever ever told me that, <laughs> and, and, and I still manage to be kind of a twerp sometimes. So I can only imagine. It was funny um, watching them though, knowing that they're twenty seven, twenty eight years old. I think Ringo was probably like just turned twenty nine. But even the director of the Let It Be, the original movie, Let It Be, uh, Michael Lindsay Hogg, uh, I think he was 28 as well. And so it was kind of funny because it seemed like at times they were almost playing dress-up adult in a way because they would wear these double-breasted blazers, smoking cigars, and, you know, drinking wine. But, you know, they kind of – I mean – especially Michael Lindsay Hogg. I think the Beatles had put a few years on him <laughs> or, you know, they had just kind of lived a harder life, but Michael Lindsay Hogg almost looked like he was 19 years old at times trying to yeah. play, play adult. I kept wanting to say to him, like, look, dude, Tripoli ain't happening. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, the other thing that I took away from this is, I mean, you could tell that during these sessions they were getting tired they were getting bored at times and they're the beatles they're this is this is what they love doing Mm -hmm. i couldn't imagine how bored someone like yoko ono (laughs) must have been but she was there for the entirety of it and she was knitting so she was bored That, that was a fascinating moment to me i think it's in the first episode paul is sort of hatching you know, one of the most iconic songs in rock and roll history, Let It Be. He's kind of back there kind of hatching that song. And Linda and Yoko are just sort of having girl talk uh, like four feet away. Yeah. <laughs> just kind of gabbing. It's sort of like, hey, this monumental thing is happening four feet from you and you guys don't know it apparently. But, you know, they were, I guess they were inside the bubble and they are not necessarily exposed to the Beatles marketing machine that we've been exposed to for all these years. Sure. I mean, it's just, uh, yeah. One thing that I kind of wish that they had shown was like what times, which I don't know that Peter Jackson would have been privy to, but you know, what time did they show up and what time did they leave? I would have liked to have known how long their, their working day was. So let me ask you this. If you had to estimate how many cigarettes were smoked during just what we saw in eight and a half hours, how many would you estimate? Okay, that would have been a fascinating ticker to kind of keep in the lower right hand corner Holy of the screen. Cow. It's just like every time a cigarette's smoked, the ticker goes up. Because I would say in the four weeks that that documentary covers, we're upwards of four thousand. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, it's, it's incredible. And, you know, George has always been my favorite Beatle. And so knowing that he died at 58, which is just incredible to think about, but he died at 58 at 58 from lung cancer. It really surprises me that they didn't all die at the age of 48 (laughs) because I mean, just the amount of smoke that they were inhaling. And, and I, I don't know if you've been around, a whole, a whole lot of people smoking at one point in a oh, yeah. small enclosed room. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but oh, you, yeah. when you leave, you just, you, you have that smell just 
in you, you know? And it didn't look like they were the cleanest people either. Like, it didn't look like they bathed every day. Yeah, John Lennon, man. (laughs) Shampoo and conditioner, my friend. Let's try it. (laughs) You get him some Pantene. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned we had been, we've been a band for a very long time. And there was a time where, like, now, you know, no venue, I don't think, in any city that I know of allows smoking. Like that's just kind of a thing of the past. Yeah. Um, But for a long time, that was not the case. And it was, it was very commonplace for any music venue to allow smoking. And I have been in the exit in here in Nashville when it is completely smoke filled there. We played at a place in Mississippi, which is, it might be a red flag already <laughs> um, in Jackson, Mississippi called WC Dons. And it was a music venue slash hot dog restaurant. And I'm not talking <laughs> gourmet hot dogs. I'm talking like, it's just, there's a stainless steel thing of boiling water in there making hot dogs. So it's just pure nicotine and cigarette smoke and pig parts and And uh, weenies (laughs) yeah (laughs) and anyway but the ceilings were really low in this venue and i mean you couldn't even see the audience because there was so much cigarette smoke and i like i remember the couple of times we played there like we left and we're like okay that that's that was the worst yeah and the first thing you want to do is take a shower oh yeah yeah um, but anyway, but yeah, yeah, they, they're in this like cramped studio and it, like all ugh. eight people in there smoking at once. It made me sick to my stomach just watching. But that was also like, okay, that was just sort of the zeitgeist back then. And yeah. so, you know, it was nothing to smell like cigarette smoke. And so I'm like, what, what smell are we putting up with right now? That, that <laughs> in 50 years, people will be like, I can't believe they put up with that smell. <laughs> also, a lot more toast than I ever thought I would see. Tea and toast. Yeah. It's like what the Beatles subsisted on. Apparently. Yeah, have a hamburger every once in a while. <laughs> gain, gain a little bit of weight, John. You know, the culmination of the, of the show with the, the outdoor concert up on the roof Obviously, that's kind of what you're waiting for. And I thought it was really cool to see the whole thing. Uh, I thought it was cool that they showed different camera angles at the same time, uh, showing what the crowd is doing while they're playing Don't Let Me Down mm-hmm. or whatever. And and just getting, you know, sometimes five or six different viewpoints at the same time. And just showing the whole thing, you know, was, was really cool. It was It was neat to see. It's something that, you know, those diehard Beatles fans, I think, have been waiting for for a long time. And it was it was it was neat to see. I know I like I'm spoiled now. I want to see the documentation of every album that they record. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just sort of, like I've seen this. And I'm like, oh, I, I can now time travel to the recording of any Beatles album. So let's go watch revolver being recorded. Yeah, no. And the other thing that kind of leads me to the, to the other thing is that, you know, the let it be documentary, everything that everybody ever knew about it was that's where George got up and left and he quit the Beatles and, you know, they had their little tiff and we, they weren't sure if they were going to finish the, the, the movie or the, even the album together. But, you know, that was just like one short little uh, argument that they had. Um, They had one other where 
you know, George and, and Paul were kind of getting into it a little bit uh, early on. But for the most part, I was really surprised to see just how happy and fun, how much fun they were having together. It, it really didn't, it did not show the dour mood that you expected to see from the Let It Be documentary. Yeah. Did, have you seen the Let It Be documentary? I have. I don't remember how I saw it. I may have rented it from Netflix back in the day mm-hmm. when you could rent DVDs from, from Netflix. Because we do the ratings. How many Ringo farts are you going to give this movie, Brad? <laughs> That's a smell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, okay. Can we talk about that really quickly? Sure. Because Isaac, Alexander, and I were texting about this <laughs> last night. Okay. There's a point, and sorry for the spoilers, but there's a point in episode three where they're having a serious discussion, like how, how are we going to make this album? How is this going to go on? And they're kind of sitting in this corridor of the studio and it's Mal Evans. And I can't remember who else is in there, but like Ringo's it's, sitting. No, it's Mal Evans is sitting like to the right of Ringo. Yeah. Paul is across from Ringo. Ringo <laughs> is in the middle and maybe the most proper person <laughs> George that is with the Beatles is to the left. <laughs> okay. Okay. So yeah, the, the, the scene set, they're having this serious discussion. Paul is stressed out because he's, you know, he's kind of like the guy. If, if you're familiar with the whole situation, he's kind of like the, the motor who's trying to make this thing happen. And Ringo turns to George Martin and he says, I I tomorrow. <laughs> now, now, okay, here's, here's the big, and, and like Paul starts to walk away. He like, doesn't even like really acknowledge it or like laugh or anything. He just kind of walks away. Uh, but here's the funny thing. Like here's the, the comedy is contained in this one word and it's, I mean, yes, farted is funny. He could have said I farted, but he said, I've tomorrow. farted. Like I, such I a have British farted. way of doing yeah, it. It's so proper. I've like, farted. Yeah. I, I, I have done this. Like, you know, <laughs> now you have to deal with it. Like, uh, you know, this has happened. <laughs> well, and I think uh, George Martin responds by thanks for letting me know or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> so again, is a, <laughs> is a Ringo fart a good like, are we doing reverse, <laughs> a reverse scale again? Well, We're like, it's not as good as a Paul fart. I'll tell you that. <laughs> but hey, it's still a beetle. It's still a beetle. Okay. All right. So one, one to five uh, Ringo farts. Um, you know, I will say this. I found it incredibly interesting. Um, I, I mean, I loved every minute of it. I really did. Oh. Side note, before I get into the rating, Mm -hmm. I watched the first episode with my mother who lives in Montana with me now. She'll never listen to this, so I'm not worried about it. (laughs) But she's watching it, and they're still in Twickenham, right? And Yoko pipes up at one point, and my mom looks at me and she goes, boy, I'll tell you what, we all hated Yoko. And I was like, I just stayed silent. And she goes, you know. A lot of people blamed her for the breakup of the band. <laughs> <You> <laughs> and I looked say. at her, I looked at her and I said, really? 
<laughs> Never heard that before. And she goes, I'm surprised. <laughs> and Alicia was like, Brad, you stop that. <laughs> Did she ever catch on that? Oh, she got mad once I, once Alicia, <laughs> yeah, called me out. <laughs> but, I, yeah, like that's part of that's like Yoko breaking up the Beatles is just, it's part of public knowledge. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. Like when you know the Beatles, when you yeah. know of the Beatles, you know Yoko helped break them up, or at least yes. the, the mythology around it. Stop signs are red, uh, <laughs> water is wet, Yoko broke up the Beatles. Those are just kind of like the things we know. Yes. The only thing I'll say, the only thing I'll knock on it is, is that I could have done with just a little bit less of the rehearsing of, of some of the songs and, and probably the biggest one being get back. I mean, I get that some people are going to want more. They're going to want more. They were going to want every single minute of it, you know, but for this documentary sake, I get it. They're, they're tinkering around. They get, you know, they're trying to get it perfect. I didn't need to see that many iterations of, of get back. And I even got kind of tired of seeing it, even though I wanted to see the whole thing. There was a part of me that got tired of seeing. I think they did three versions on the rooftop that that I was even kind of like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> you know? So anyway, I'll give it I'll give it four and three quarters Ringo farts. OK. Um, <laughs> OK, here's here's my rebuttal. I like I I too was tired of hearing get back but like to me that's kind of, that was kind of part of the experience because they're kind of like the good the bad everything you are now in the Beatles world and part of the Beatles world is y- y- just like them you're going to have to hear get back 40 billion times mm-hmm. and one of the things one of the reasons I like the fact that we saw it so many times is because they, you know, they're they're kind of working on it at Twickingham. They continue to t- uh, tool around on it in the Apple Studio, and you know, it, it's there are times when it kind of feels a little bit lethargic, you know, and you know, they're the band is tired and everything, and you know, they they're they're sick of playing it. But then you get up to the rooftop, and they now all of a sudden they have an audience, and that is like. It's kind of like, yes, we're tired of this song, but now, like now we have like people who will actually respond to it and you kind of just see the, the energy go up and, you know, Paul's grooving on the bass and he's like adding all his little cheesy lines in the middle and everything. And like, I was kind of like excited at that point. I was like, yes, I was like, here, here we go, you know, and they were kind of doing what they were meant to do. And yes, we did get three full takes, uh, up there. I think one of them (laughs) might've been a sound check, but yeah. But it was just, it was part of the experience. So as a Beatle, as a Beatle fan who does not tire of more Beatle info, like I, I'm, I'm going to have to give it five Ringo farts. Because, sure. B- because, it, and here's the other thing too, like I don't know of a single Beatle fan who would tell you, let it be is my favorite Beatle album. True. But, but. Like that's all I've been listening to. <laughs> like, like this, this kind of got me hyped up. Oh, about sure. the, al- the album, let it be. Um, which by the way I do. And I've had this discussion with our friend, Stephen Jerkins, but to me, and then this is, this may be sacrilege to say the definitive 
um, mix, if you will, of Let It Be is the Let It Be Naked. Yeah, no, I would agree. 2003. And, and, you know, it's missing the little John Lennon songlets or whatever, and they've added Don't Let Me Down. But how that didn't get on the the docket in the first place is crazy to me. Um, Yeah, was it released as a single? Yeah, it was released as a single. Yeah. Like, Get Back and Don't Let Me Down were both released as singles in 1969, and the album was not released until 1970. And then I think that's when they released "Let It Be" and "Long and Winding Road." But yeah, the um, the one thing I I found a Spotify playlist that juxtaposes the original with "Let It Be Naked," so you could hear the original uh, version of Phil Spector's, and then and then right after you could I mean, and it's song by song, so you mm. you hear you know the "Long and Winding Road" that Phil Spector added, all the orchestral stuff. And then you can hear the way Paul kind of intended it to be. So that was that was pretty cool. But no, I've been doing the same thing, and I and I want to go back and watch that part of the anthology to kind of see what they say about say about it in that movie as well. So all right, well, four and three quarters Ringo farts, and five full Ringo farts, <laughs> all masked by the smell of cigarette smoke. So don't worry. <laughs> yes. That's the one thing about being in a club. <laughs> you can let it rip. No one will know. All right. So, yeah, thanks for listening to the mini uh, episode. It turned out to be about half the length of the regular episode, but that's all right. It's a, we're we're covering an eight-hour movie. So, I know. so uh, but, yeah, thanks for listening. You can reach us at Slow Pitch Cast on Twitter or at Slow Pitch Podcast on Instagram. Or you can even go and support us and get lots of wonderful extras. Patreon at www.patreon.com slash slow pitch. All right. Thanks. For the home team, if they don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old.